Hello, welcome back to the fourth or fifth? Fifth. Fifth episode <laughs> of uh, MBDLF. We're back in the new year. Um, yeah, it's been a while. It's good to be back, mate, isn't it? It's great to be back. Yeah, it's great to be I've back. missed this. It's, it's been a ride I've missed so stumbling far. through albums, <laughs> trying <laughs> to sound as though I know what I'm yeah, doing. Trying to sound, yeah, trying to sound like we know what we're on about. Um, but I think 2021 promises a few more albums we know about just because they're more popular. Yeah, so we know them thank God. Um, we are young. We can give ourselves some slack. Yeah. You can give us some slack at home. <laughs> Please. Please. Yeah, so if you it's your first time listening, uh, this is My Beautiful Dark Listed Fantasy, a podcast where uh, two struggling music enthusiasts <laughs> go through uh, Rolling Stone's list of the 100 greatest albums of all time and uh, basically give our thoughts and decide whether we think it, should, uh, it deserves its spot. And this week we're on number 96, with REM, Automatic for the People, their magnum opus uh, from 1992. Um, yeah, before we get into this, mate, I just want to give a shout out to MF Doom. Yeah. Yeah, sadly, I found out, or a lot of people did, that he found, he passed away last year. Um, yeah, and last on, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it, yeah. just a bit weird, because I was talking about him a couple episodes back, and I said that I wanted to do Mad Villainy yeah. um, as an album. So, yeah. It's all the more reason to. Yeah, I think we should yeah. definitely do it, yeah. We'll definitely tackle that at some point. Because, I mean, as an artist, he, he wasn't, I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, he's one of my favourite of all time, but yeah. he's had an impact on me, and I I think everyone appreciates that he's one of the most skillful um, hip-hop artists of all time. Yeah. So, and the fact that he's not on this list, to me, honestly, was a bit shocking. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, so rest well, in peace. He will be, I'm sure we'll, we'll hear a lot more from MF Doom on this podcast because yeah. we're likely to review one of his albums yeah. at some point um but yeah i think i think moving on yeah as we all have to right now <laughs> in this terrible time <laughs> we've got to go to rem yeah let's Magic get into it people. um 1992 album made with the help of john paul jones from led zap shout out and weber uh, on that one shout out you love that yeah he, i mean he did a Metallica episode, but it was mainly a Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> Exposed. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, themes of morality, loss, mourning, nostalgia on this one. Um, it was done without a drummer when it was made. Well, it was. I didn't know that. The There's was, a lack of percussion on this album, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that was that when they sense. made this album. They they made it without Stipe, who's like Michael Stipe, yeah, who's yeah, the yeah. lead uh, singer, and um, and. The rest of the band made it, but they all swapped instruments. So the drummer ended up um, playing like bass. Don't you think that is like the kind of pretentious shit that those those lot from the band would love? They'd absolutely. They probably get like Bob Marley to draw it as well. Like, <laughs> oh, let's all switch. Anyway, <laughs> we've, we've yeah, they've got Kirk Cobain drawing the cover of this one. No, um, um, yeah, yeah, no. Um, get out the tissues again. Uh, more accurately, get out the noose. Um, oh, oh, <laughs> sorry. Is that, you, is that your notes? <laughs> yeah, my preamble notes. Um, I feel. I do feel like on this show, we, at the moment, we're either crying, yeah, or like threatening to kill people. So far, or <laughs> 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 like Metallica. Yeah, yeah so we've had like oh, breakup true. album with Red. I mean, that yeah, didn't yeah. make me cry at all. But yeah. and then Lucinda boot Williams. Boot yeah, another one that was like, oh, this is quite sad as well. Yeah, and now this is. This is sad. Just ignoring the band there. I mean, the band <laughs> didn't make me feel anything, so it's kind of a nice in between. Uh, one thing, one uh, critic summed this up, um, which is this little quote: uh, "Agonized crawl of an album," uh, which <sighs> yes was was. Um, I mean, the review is a positive review if you read it right, but I just found that little like clip, like little yeah. snippet. To really sum up how I felt going into this album, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, when I was mate. thinking, "Oh shit, I've got to sit down and listen to this." Um, but I like, I enjoyed it. I yeah. really enjoyed it. What about you? I enjoyed it. Um, like going into it, and this might be, as I look at my notes now, the yeah. most millennial thing I've ever written. Uh, <laughs> I said, <laughs> um, for lack of a better word, REM have always been a bit memey for me. 
Why? Why? I think because it's because of Stipe's voice. Yeah. And like all of their songs seem to be like subjectively about something like everybody hurts or yeah, yeah. losing my religion or like yeah. you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the end of yeah. the world as we know it yeah, they're yeah. all like kind of stereotypical rem oh yeah, yeah. sorry <laughs> can't say <laughs> no, that we, we, i think throughout this podcast we're just going to refer to them as rem <laughs> value, so. oh god um yeah i do i do get what you mean though but mm. i mean for me rem yes uh there's a song on this man on the moon right every <laughs> holiday um, I went on when I was a kid, probably like every every summer I went to Menorca and um, plug flex, uh, slight flex, <laughs> slight flex. And uh, there's this radio station out there called Kiss FM. I know Kiss FM. And they they literally have been plugging this song every <laughs> summer on repeat. Odd, isn't it? That is it's odd. So strange. And like I I went there last year. And they're still plugging it. and It's, it's the same it tracks, isn't it? I just realised that. I've heard this. Yeah. That's why I know this song so well. Yeah. I'm thinking, just, where yeah. have I heard this a lot? Yeah, in like slightly static, distorted... <laughs> um, rip. A yeah. vinyl rip. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's probably one of their more famous ones of this album. There's a couple that people might know at home. Uh, yeah. Everybody Hurts. No, yeah, Anthem. Depression yeah. Anthem. Um, COVID Anthem. Do you have any initial thoughts, like what you thought of Rem before? Um, going to this I think um, purely off their hits I just I got the same kind of feeling as you it's kind of like they're just like they're just rem it's just rem you know it's just like you know it's rem oh yeah <laughs> we, can't, we can't keep going on rem we can't I think um, we probably will slip into it um, yeah and I read um I read about them switching instruments as well. Yeah, yeah. And also, I, I found interesting that um, Stipe pretty much is just the vocalist. Yeah. Like, he's almost like a poet, and they record all the songs without him, and he sort of dictates what the song is going to be about, and they just rely on his lyrics to set a story and things. It's yeah. really, I don't really know, I can't think of anyone else that does anything like that. There probably are. But yeah, there probably are, but like in terms of what, like with Metallica, like just, Hatfield, he was on the guitar, yeah, very much a part of the production. Same with the band, they were swapping them. He's like, oh, of course they were with I Dylan, mean, copying Dylan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can hear that though a lot on this um, album, mm. copying Dylan. No, um, <laughs> in terms of like how like strong some of the songwriting is, like he seems to have gone away. Yeah, like I read about Man on the Moon. He wrote that in like two days. He was just like to his mates, well, the people in the band. His mates. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, I need to go off, just put my headphones on and walk around I think really? New Orleans. That's sick. Because they had like two days to find the final song for the album. That was the final song. Oh. Went around, he went around two days, just wrote all those lyrics. And it's an absolute banger. So, Here's a tune. Uh, yeah. What, what do you think of the album art on this one? Um, for a long time, I thought it was like a bludgeon. Yeah. You know, like a medieval yeah, bludgeon. Yeah. Then I did some research and I found out. It was either that or your dad's, um, <laughs> can't say this, <laughs> your dad's painful but satisfying sex toy. Oh, that's <laughs> terrific. That? <laughs> I wrote that. Uh, yeah, but it's actually a close-up of um, one right, of their favourite uh, drive through fast places. Do you find, uh, that's almost fast like places. painfully nostalgic to you, as if it, is it something from your life previous? This, uh, this album is painfully nostalgic. It is. So that, it is. that kind of works i don't think a gray color scheme has ever suited an album more yeah than this yeah. cover it's Dennis it's Stop. so gray uh no just the no stop being no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i thought would you have any thoughts um yeah i thought it summed up the album pretty well i think um super gray brilliant <laughs> sense of you get like a sense of deja deja vu from looking at it okay. it's like one of the you've seen those pictures um, Where are you going with this? I saw on TikTok. <laughs> it's like eerie images, like empty office space. I know the one. You know the one. I know. It's yeah. like images that make you feel something, but you're not sure why. Yeah, it makes you feel a bit off kilter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is kind of like mm. one of those images. Okay, score out of 10? Already? On the cover oh, art? On. Not the album! Oh, oh. Spoiler, mate. No. Uh, imagine if I just dropped it there. End of podcast. <laughs> no one's listening. Five minute app. They aren't anyway. Um, out of 10? I give this a strong six. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's more deserves more than that. Honestly, no. I I probably give it a five. Honestly, mm. it's not like cat. Like I, it doesn't really 
strike with me. I, if it wasn't grey, it'd be even worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just the fact it's not very striking, basically. Yeah, I've also got a little bit of background here. Yeah. Uh, about Stipe before we get into the first strike. Yeah. Um, so he's he he was uh, before he were <laughs> before he was. Um, Oh god, edit this bit out. But yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm not editing this out. <laughs> Before this album, yeah. Stipe was like this quite sexual figure. Like he's quite handsome. Right. And he was famous for having like these locks of hair that used to style and look quite cool. But at yeah. this point he was balding, right? And like all the music videos coming out for it, uh he was it was like just showing off his different hat collection <laughs> because he was trying to hide it. And he basically came out of the closet of being bald on this album. And a Pitchfork, Pitchfork Row, one second, one second. Pitchfork Row, Stipe's fading hairline was an effective advertisement for an austere but nakedly emotional album <laughs> consumed by the anxiety of aging, the inevitability of death and the loss of innocence. Um... This and which leads is this album about balding? <laughs> and more importantly, how does that make you feel about the album, mate? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, um, to be honest, listening to this album, I couldn't help but feel uh, like I was mourning the loss of my widow's peak. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, it, I think we should go through this album now and genuinely pick up on anything. Yeah, yeah. It's like to do with balding. Yeah, yeah, well, I've got a few. I, I'm curious as to what... I don't know whether, like, it's deliberate or whether Rolling Stone, hence why we're reviewing this list, has just, like, shunned out some utter garbage, like, <laughs> to, to make this album seem more profound than it actually is. Yeah. Like... God uh, knows. Anyway, should we get into the first track? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> okay. Um, so, five. yeah. Maybe you're crazy in the head. Maybe you did, maybe you are I think I feel like we've been hit with like a foray of banging intro tracks. Yeah. On this list so far, um, and maybe and this this one bangs, but maybe State of Grace. Th- yeah, State of Grace. Um, right in time. Yeah. Lucinda. Whatever the Metallica crap was, and <laughs> <laughs> um, and the sort of the commonality of these banging intro tracks makes me wonder: is that the level of the level of depth with which uh, Rolling Stone are put into their reviews? Maybe they've just listened and Honestly, gone off the intro track nice. strength. <laughs> and if so, like, these guys, I can these see why guys, this is on the list. These guys have got very little time on their hands. They're rev- they're listening to music. They're bloody reviewing it. <laughs> it's it, they've got so little time. They just listen to the first track and then like good. skip like you know when you're on Spotify. Go like, outro. Skip the yeah, yeah, yeah. bits in the song. Uh, yeah, I mean this. I got. I've just got gritty and psychedelic on this one. It's quite sick. It's quite a sick intro. Mm. Um, nice strings as well from John Paul Jones. I didn't realize that was him doing yeah. that. Sick. Did you Did you know that on this album, everyone thought that Stipe was dying of AIDS because of his hairline, the balding. I don't know. If, oh that, my it, God. Jeff, it is. I didn't know that, but there you go. See, coming together was, for this podcast, was, we're learning. He wasn't dying. No, of no, AIDS, no, no. But. Everyone was convinced there was all these rumours going around in tabloids that he had AIDS or cancer and he was dying. Do you reckon this was all because he was losing his hair? I reckon that, the, I think the combination of, the they, they were, he wasn't that young when they wrote this. No. He was probably in his early early 30s. He was about turning 30. Yeah, yeah. Like, so the fact that he's writing such an, an album that's so raw and so much about death and like mm. the approach of it, it's, it is an odd time. People, it would make you wonder, is he dying now? Yeah. You know, like the way Blackstar did for, for Bowie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense. So Bowie's a lot older. That's, yeah, no, but he, that kind of was all about death, wasn't yeah, it? And yeah. this is a lot to do with death, but he's yeah. so young. He probably, everyone probably thought he was ill. 
Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's mental. I just well, I've read that before. I listened to this first track and I was like, I get what the, I get what they were feeling because mm. it's so like dark and about like like there's this lyric. It's like, Hey kids, where are you? Nobody tells you what to do. It's like, um, just like like passing over the baton to the next generation, yeah. being like, you can. He does that on a few work. songs. Yeah. Yeah. He's so young, which is why it's quite unique, the fact that he's so able to write about things. He's accurate it's, as well. It's quite unique. He's got so little hair yeah. as well. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, did you notice the echo throughout the track as well? Yeah, yeah. It's really it's like, hey, hey, yeah, kids, yeah. kids. It's almost like uh, he's crying out yeah. uh, back to, to the generation behind him and to like a former self. Um, I, it's 2021. Dance turned over a new leaf. That was incredible. <laughs> That's sick. Uh, yeah, I liked it when he said, like, I'm bald, bald. <laughs> Creams don't work. <laughs> work. That's my hat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of saw this when I heard that, like, delay. I just imagine, like, them being in the studio and just not hitting and then John Paul Jones being like, listen, just, just stick a delay. Slap on a it. delay. Just stick de- Reverb would this kill is this. What we did in Led Zepp and it sounded sick. <laughs> um, so just do it. And then he just he sorted it out for them. Um, any any thoughts on the lyrics on this? One? Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, TikTok, TikTok. Yeah, that hit me, hit close to home because uh, of my it. addiction to a horrible app. And <laughs> also, um, the guitarist Mike Mills said that it was like a subtly political song, mm. which I think a lot of the uh, the tracks were. And apparently, in the nineties, there was a voting campaign where they were like TikTok, you've got to hurry up and vote. Yeah. So that's what he's uh, talking about there. There's another one as well. Uh, there's the first. Um, lyric about bushwhacking. Oh and yeah, that was Bush. another slogan for Bush. Mm. Like that they were using all around. Ah, oh, amazing. Like slammed him and stuff like that. Because we weren't around at the time, we've got to go off what people are saying on this, so it could be bollocks, yeah, but yeah, it makes it sense. It's yeah. Bush Senior, I think. It was in office. Yeah. Mad to think that both Bushes got in, yeah, and they were both awful. Do <laughs> <laughs> reckon they have like discussions these days, just being like, you know what, that that was shit. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did your turn go? Oh, it was awful. Awful, oh, yeah, no. yeah. Oh, same. Probably. Worry, I feel like with this as well, what is so sad is with this and also the track Ignore Land, yeah. which is the most political. Yeah. They, they When they wrote it, um, they probably thought, we're writing this because we want a better future. Mm. Little do they know these tracks probably resonate more now than they did then. Things yeah. have only gotten worse. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's crazy. True. It's, that is quite it's, sad. We are yeah. really on this podcast. We're not going to bring you down. <laughs> Um, Trump's out of REM office will, that's if good if you listen to this album it'll bring you down <laughs> um, right next track talking of depressing tracks uh, no wait to do, ta- it's called uh, Try Not To Breathe yeah Try Not To Breathe don't dare me to Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, this is sad, is sad and I'm one. sure you read the same bit oh, of law. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that made me like kind of shiver a little bit. Anyway, so, should we explain yeah, that? Yeah, for, for anyone listening at home, um, Kirk Cobain of Nirvana fame. Which we, I want. I think we should tell them what the song's about first. Okay. Give hit more, hit more. Okay, you go, you go. Right, yeah. So it tells a story of someone. I think they're, uh, yeah, they are quite old. I'm pretty sure. Who's a uh, in pain and uh, whether that be mental or physical, they're basically crying out for um, for euthanasia or mercy care, and they want to die. Um, basically, didn't realise there was such a big market in Asia. Right, oh, right, cut that. Oh come on! <laughs> come on! Um, yeah, that is horrendous. Yeah, and one of the the lyrics were like. It's definitely more about old age, which is what, which is a lot of what Slack was writing about. He was like, "I've lived a full life. These are the eyes that I want you to remember." It's about somebody who want to wanted to go out while they're young, mm. and not have to be a burden, maybe with dementia or some other disease. Anyway, yeah, it's very sad. Yeah, well, I mean, when uh, after this song was written, uh, Kirk Cobain, who obviously 
famous for um, being lead singer of Nirvana, took his own life whilst listening to this song. And he, obviously he, he you know, had many drug addictions and agonizing pain, spinal pain. Yeah, apparently. yeah. Um, and he died listening to this album. It's crazy. That's mad. They it's must. They, so they must. I assume they went in, and it, that was on, on his on his playlist. Did they have playlists no, back then? No. Mixtape? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Vinyl, I probably. Think he was just going through they the were album. good mates as well. Yeah. Uh, Stipe and Kurt, I think, because they were both massive, depressing yeah, <laughs> uh, rock stars. The uh, Stipe saw in Cobain what he lacked, and that's good hair. <laughs> Um, sorry, that is that is awful. That's Do you think that's what he's saying here? It's like rather than these are the eyes, it's this is the hair that I want <laughs> you to remember. You know. <laughs> Honestly, you've opened my eyes to this whole album. Yeah. I, I did not know that story about it. Uh, one thing I would say on this, um, I, I thought it was quite. What would you say? He's like saying about you know try not to breathe. He's saying like it's a struggle trying not to breathe. It's like it's like more of a struggle, like trying to die than it is to be actually living. But he's putting himself through the pain of holding his breath and trying not to breathe. Yeah, it's amazing songwriting. Yeah, it's great. And um, the chorus as well was, "I need something to fly over my grave again. I need something to breathe." And it's like purposefully ambiguous. Yeah, he's like, does he? Is he talking about oxygen or something more sinister? Or I, I was yeah, it was I was read that as. You need something to breathe. I just thought it was like you need something to live for. Mm, I didn't think about like that. A bit of hope in there. Who knows? That's top I mean, quality bullshit to be, from you, mate. Got to be Honestly, hope. that's wonderful. It's needed. It's needed. <laughs> um, yeah, um, we'll move on to the next track. Mm. Um, the Sidewinder sleeps tonight. Okay, I didn't like this track, honestly. Yeah. Before, before, I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't know if it's whether it's because my humour, mm. like, along with my hopes and dreams, have already been crushed on the first two tracks. That <laughs> <laughs> um, I just have no time for any jokes. sort of <laughs> yeah jokes, uh, any sort of levity. Yeah, he the lyrics are gibberish. Yeah. Um, uh, talking about Dr. Zeus, he actually laughs about it. I'm sure you noticed that. Yeah, yeah. And like two minutes in, to, I'll put we'll put that in the clip. He starts laughing at his own lyrics, not being able to pronounce yeah, he Zeus. Can't pronounce Dr. Seuss, so he says. Oh, Dr. I just said Zeus. Zeus. Oh, is it Zeus? Zeus. He meant he means to say Dr. Seuss. Well, I just said Zeus for the but whole that, of that. Yeah, you're just. It's not you're, funny though. Um, Stipe struggles, <laughs> mate. It's Stipe struggles. He couldn't say Zeus. <laughs> Apparently, the bassist was getting really annoyed. Oh, really? He couldn't say Zeus. Oh my god, get it's over a tough it. Word on. It's a tough word. Yeah, to say. it is. Don't know why, because it's a crap song. This, uh, there, were, there are two great songs about payphones in the world. And it's this one, <laughs> Payphone by yes. Maroon 5. Oh, um, what a song. I forgot about that. Uh, I I prefer this one, Fair. I think. But Fair. not by much. <laughs> like, it's all right. Um, I thought it was quite sweet. Yeah, it is sweet. I just didn't think it had any place on the album. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd like... Well, was, I do know. I, I read the, like... People dissecting the lyrics for it, right? And some of this, the gibberish, mate. Oh my god, I want to get into it in a minute. Yeah, that there's this payphone. The song is about a payphone. <laughs> so you're struggling. <laughs> yeah, I'm just picturing Stipe sitting down, right, pitching this. Yeah, hair gone, and he's like, "Take the hat off, Michael. We know. We all know." <laughs> he's like, "Listen, there's a payphone at the end of the hall where I live." Now, several people can use this payphone because it's outside my apartment. They're all looking at each other like, what? what? This isn't a song. Is, this, is he talking about something that he's got an issue with? <laughs> so there's a payphone at the end of this room. It can only make calls. <laughs> yeah, go on, mate. It can only receive calls. The payphone can't make calls. It's so what is? What Did you get this from Genius right, or this, something? Yeah, or is this yeah, you? This, no, this is like a... Like, 
conspiracy. Well, a couple of sites, this is what is is as people have read into the song meaning. And okay. I think he, in an interview, he did actually say that this was the reason. It was about this payphone. Oh, fair enough. He can only receive calls. Okay. And he can't make them out. Okay. Yeah. So basically, every time this girl calls the phone, okay, the only way that she can know it's Stipe is if he says, kiss my ass, because it's an in-joke between the two of them. Uh, I, that I'm is, lost that for words, is, mate. That is the song. That is what the song's about, about her knowing whether it's him or not. <laughs> that's quite interesting, though. I To be fair, that's added a little bit more. I still don't like the song. No. Uh, there's like the ode to uh, The Lion King. <laughs> At the beginning, he was like... <gasps> I'm like, what is this? What, what album are we on right now? And then <laughs> just t- just had a, a whole three minutes talking about <laughs> what, euthanasia. And now what? You got this, uh, the, right, listen, band. There's a payphone at the end of my hall. Are you sure you, wanna, you sure you don't want to do another song about like euthanasia? Or oh yeah, we've got a real good thing got, going here, mate. Honestly, this could be a good album. <laughs> Please. No, I want to talk about Dr. Seuss and this girl I spoke to once on a payphone. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, on Genius, I just want to say that I, the final verse on this, it's all about the cat in the hat, and it's just this frenzy on Genius of these, like, lonely annotators, <laughs> cup remiss, spewing man. gold, mate, yeah, <laughs> about, like, what the meaning behind it, and annoyingly, it makes sense what they say, yeah. and, like, he's talking about, the lyrics are, the cat in the hat came back. Wreaked a lot of havoc on the way. Always had a smile and a reason to pretend. And they were talking about how this person coming into your life, wreaking havoc and leaving. Yeah. And the 2D backgrounds of cartoons ushering in a flat world. Oh, made me sick. But it kind of made sense. <laughs> it kind of made sense. I'd be surprised if he did mean that. He, he mean, has it in him, but I don't think he did. This no, that bit. It has to have some meaning. Maybe I'm just bit, being a bit naive. Maybe you are. Maybe, maybe you could never write a song. No, I like, couldn't. Like fucking stipe. But I, know, I think if I was writing, I'd like a bit pissed. And yeah. I was writing like bullshit lyrics. <laughs> I'd be like, the cat in the hat came back. You know, that sort of crap. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, he, he kind of doesn't really pull it off. I don't know. I It was one of the weaker tracks for me. Yeah. Um, if you loved now, it, mate, you can just well, say. no, I, I just, I was... I was interested by it. Yeah, I, that I is interesting. I couldn't 100%. Help but just like be really curious as to why the hell they, they decided to put <laughs> this song. Which it's not even like, you know, it's not a sad song. No. So it doesn't go with the rest of the tracks in the album. But it's also not like a, an extremely like happy break from the rest of the album. It's just fucking weird. No, and I feel yeah, and I feel like they have moments of optimism throughout it that make yeah. it less sad. Um but their optimism doesn't come in these funny like laughs. It comes through. Well, I'll talk about it later, but it comes in different ways. And yeah. this is a weird way for them to purvey it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway. to the next track. Everybody hurts. When you're sure you've had enough this It's the big I, uh, one, El Jefe, the meme. It's, it's, <laughs> it is El Jefe. I mean, listening to this song, usually I listen to this song um, as a sort of jokey background yeah. to a video on YouTube <laughs> or something when like someone's in, like had like a tragic yeah yeah. Like, it's it's the like go-to meme depression anthem. But listening to this song this morning, I was I was moved. <laughs> really, it's sad, mate. Oh wait, I watched the video as well. That didn't help. Really, yeah. Do you know some lore about the video? No. It's directed by Ridley Scott's son. What? Jake Scott. So rogue. Weird. He, he finally got a gig. The drive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the drive video. I also got to mention is really sick. It's just yeah. four five minutes of him crowd surfing in grey. 
Yeah. Like, and they must have held him up for that long. What hat he got on for that one? Builder's hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or no, but on this one, he had a fedora, <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like at some point, every teenager uh, has put this on after breaking up with their first lover yeah. and stared out the car window, watching the blurry world go past. But anyway, yeah. Over the top. <laughs> um, it's either the most... Also, I like the way that Pitchfork described it. Yeah. Uh, they said it's either the most depressing song uh, ever about trying to stay optimistic or the most sanguine song about coping with depression. Because either you're celebrating that everyone hurts. It's like, yeah, everybody hurts. Yeah. Or it's just accepting that everyone hurts. And I yeah. think they obviously meant the latter. Yeah, I, I think um, this song kind of sums up like qualities of this album like they obviously it's so sad this album but there's always that sense that there is a bit of hope in this one he can't put his finger on it he never puts his finger on it he's not like oh you know he says like uh they're simple lyrics friends. aren't they he doesn't get personal yeah yeah he doesn't but it is personal for that reason personal. sorry and it, yeah and for that reason it is personal for everyone mm. like everyone's been in that position they just feel so down and the only thing that you can hang on to is the fact that you might not feel down soon exactly like that, you get this, through the other side this out this track just sums that feeling up perfectly it's a song that should be celebrated as well i think yeah. and it's so resonant today 2020 it's been a tough year yeah it's been well and this song could easily yeah well, it's gonna be this year oh yeah this year it probably <laughs> will yeah the, the, i said like you said i think you just took the words out of my mouth that because it's um so impersonal it becomes personal yeah which yeah. is really cool i think um, uh, one thing on this as well is the strings from uh, John Paul. He's back. Are sick. Like at the end of the... Great word to describe it though. <laughs> they are sick. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the track, um, after going into the bridge, you get like these, like almost like jovial, like jazzy strings, right? Right. So it's like, almost like he's like laughing about it at the end, like everybody hurts, you know, just, it's all right. Yeah, that's the acceptance, and, uh, the acceptance isn't it? Yeah. In the optimism that shines. This is the optimism I'm talking about um, yeah. that they find in the somber um that doesn't happen this is odd than sidewinder anyway i'll move on from sidewinder i've slagged it enough um, new orleans instrumental one Next Bond. track, move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here it is. I actually quite liked it. Did uh, you? Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought I recognised it. That was it. I recognised it. Yeah. And then you I read the. I know it was on the. It was in. It was, they used it on the soundtrack to Baby Driver. You know the one oh, with really? Ansel Elgort. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, it does sound quite cinematic. Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised yeah. they used it on that, but that is all I've got to say. Yeah, they used it on. Um, it was a. It was on a L'Oreal men's hair product. Hair product, hair product yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, See that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you wouldn't need that. No, no, you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't. Um, it's got head and shoulders, it's got no hair. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the Wurlitzer in this one as well. Yeah, cool. Cool. Um, Epic. Next. Yeah. So sweetness, sweetness follows. follows. Jinx. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and we're back to crying. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, listening to this album and this song, it really made me feel for, for Michael, that's Stipe, um, because like, as the poet, like I said at the beginning, he more or less dictates like the subjectivity of the, the tracks. Yeah. And this is another one that seems, this one seems quite personal, but also impersonal. It's talking about the burying his mother and father um, and losing loved ones and... Um, sort of finding hope in the sweetness that follows that. Um, yeah. And I think this is what I'm talking about. This is quintessential 
um, REM. Yeah. <laughs> in the way that they find the optimism uh, in the depressing, basically. And um, basically it approaches the taboo, which they do in a lot, uh, like these things that you're perhaps afraid to talk about with your parents or with your mates um, to kind of reach that catharsis on the other side. It's like stepping out of the comfort zone and fuck, like, you know, that feeling you get on the other side of it. Yeah. Like doing this podcast, mate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. Or like only having hair on certain parts of your head. <laughs> You're horrible, I'm mate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't get out of my head. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, and this one is an unavoidable um, stepping out of that comfort zone because you can't decide when your parents are going to die. It could happen to do- tomorrow. Um, but yeah, the way that he makes you realize that you have to go through the bad to get to the good sometimes. Yeah. Is quite beautiful. I haven't used beautiful that yet this time, so I've saved it for that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good one to save it for. I think, like, following on from the track before... No, not the track before. Not the track before, yeah. Um, it's like, you know, obviously you found hope in Everybody Hurts in not really knowing what is going to come next and hoping that it's just something good. In track six, with Sweetness Follows, it's like hope in the fact that death might bring something good. The afterlife might bring something, you know, redeeming to people. Um, I thought it was a really good track. I really liked it. And on this one as well, I think we have we have got to talk about um, Stipe's vocals, like gener- generally throughout REM. Yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. Because like, he's got such a unique voice. It's like deadpan delivery. It's so weird. Yeah. Because I, like I said to you just before the pod, but he's got a really... Low voice, yeah, just odd because he comes out with such a prangy. Is that the word? Yeah, yeah it's like a really prangy pine. Thing. I'd say he's almost piney. Yeah, like he's pining as he sings. Yeah, but it's so weird and such a cool, unique delivery. Yeah, uh, and it's not. It's not even like technically good. It's not difficult. Like he's, no, he's like singing like all you know throughout. All no MJ or anything. It's not. No, it's not MJ, but it still moves you. Yeah, like he's, he's got a really nice tone. Um, you know, I it's think, him straight away. You can't really say that yeah, about no too many like people. But if you can, well, it sounds like Stipe, no? Robbie Williams? <laughs> that is no, absolute not. slander, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deadpan tone on yeah, the ghosts by yeah. Robbie Williams. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, I, uh, yeah, I think his his vocal delivery on this one's great. Um, obviously, it's on to the same old, you know, depressing side of <laughs> that element of hope. But yeah, track seven, Monty got a raw deal. Nonsense isn't new to me I know my head, I know my feet But mischief knocked me in the knees So just let go Just let go I saw the ocean Yeah, so if you couldn't get even more depressing, uh, Rem decided to throw a REM decided to throw an accordion into the mix. Uh, did you notice that? It's like this really jarring accordion throughout. It made me feel sad. I bet I bet you like um, Steve walked into the studio one day, just being like, "Guys, can I play something?" Just so, what you got there? We got an accordion. That's, is that your hat box, or is it is it new instruments, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> box. Just picturing carrying like a box yeah. with like assorted hats. Day of the like. week, like M M T W. Yeah. Um. Yes. Anything to say on this one, mate? Um. Yeah. Um. So this is about Montgomery Clift, who was um, famous actor, famous for here, here to eternity, uh, a place in the sun. Uh, it's not a, it's not a film. Isn't that a TV show that my parents watch? Yeah, I know. Like, like, isn't that like. It's a home like home buyer's. Hi, we're here in Bermuda. Show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Lovely two bedroom property just off the veranda. Room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and Emily didn't know Clift was, Clift was the first person to. Yeah. <laughs> the small house in Gloucester uh, to Bermuda. Um, no and he he was a closet uh, homosexual Um, and I think 
obviously we know well we haven't mentioned yet but My- Michael Stipe was well, he's, he defines himself as queer not as gay yeah um, but he um, and he's, he, he is homosexual as in that he's got uh, like a boyfriend yeah so yeah. we can say that much confidently yeah. But yeah, I think he was in the closet for a while as well. He was. I think that was why this song. Was he had written. girlfriends. Mm. Mm. I don't. I think he was. I think he was bi. Possibly. Um, like uh, what you read about him, like he does. He never says that like, he's out, out and out gay. But um, either way, he uh, he related with uh, Clift on like a number of levels. Firstly, he he himself was a closet homosexual. Yep. Um, and. Um, they both had smoldering good looks. <laughs> <laughs> they both once um, had hair, <laughs> I assume. <laughs> um, and there's many other reasons, but they're, they're all put together in this horrible to read paragraph. Ingenious. Go <laughs> I've got so, it with really, mate. I've got it here. Uh, fascination with Cliff's tragedy. So you know there that he go, had a, he had, Cliff had a, a car crash, which left him. They left him deformed. <laughs> yeah, it did. And um, I think then it's, he went down like a path of depression. Yeah, an addiction. Um, people started complaining. Um, but this was in the, was this in the fifties? I think it was the fifties. Yeah, he got sued big time for like oh, being an absolute nutter on set. Mad. Like Universal, someone I can't think who, but he got sued. Oh, that ties into Kaufman a little bit as well. Oh, the guy at the end mm, from Man on the Moon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, I may have confused the two. No, you haven't. Uh, I don't think I you know. have. I don't know. You might have. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I found it interesting, uh, but also I kind of, sorry, the song that is, uh, but I also found it a little bit weird that you can write like a song sort of second guessing the life and thoughts of mm-hmm. someone that's died. And quite recently, I mean, it was only about 30 years before this came out, maybe 40, but I don't know. I felt it was a bit, um, I don't know what's the word, pervasive, you know? Yeah. I, d- I don't know if it was just, I know that's, I'm being a massive snowflake with this. But for some though, reason, I, I but then again, he's in the celebrity sphere. Mm. So you've got to be expect that you're going to be talked about and written about in some sort of manner. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, people write about tragic, tragic stories all the time. I don't know why. No I th- one does recently, though. No, but it's, I think it'd be frowned upon now. Imagine yeah. if someone died or like was suffering with depression and someone came up with like a song. There would always be that thing where it's like, oh, they're trying to make money off. The yeah, exactly. Like exactly. Yeah. That's why I thought it was a bit weird. I, 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 I tend to have that mindset if anyone tends, if anyone does that nowadays or like you know yeah says that they're going to do it but with something something like this i think it's kind of nice to remember him in this way like i didn't know who this guy was yeah neither that no no song. clue so i suppose you could take that as well you know his legacy just carries on in this song and i think it's it's not like a, a you know made to be a hit it's gonna sound no like it's true like that's true so much that it's gonna you know they wouldn't like let's push the cliff one yeah, yeah. <laughs> i never have cliff yeah. oh god oh no um, um, but yeah, um, either way, uh, it's a, it's a great song. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was a great song as well. I just was a bit, you know, just felt a bit odd about it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, should we go to the next track? Track eight, Ignore Me Land. No, it's just Ignore Land. All right, Ignore next track. <laughs> Leave that in. Um, <laughs> Ignore Me Land. Are you, do, are you all right, mate? That's been spell checked on pages. <laughs> Can someone just tell me what that word means? Ignore Me Land. <laughs> This is obviously their most political track. They'd already mentioned Bush with bushwhacking on Drive. Um, yeah. And also Reagan is uh, mentioned here as well. He Apparently his reign or his administration was horrific um, for for a lot of people. Yeah. He um, he introduced like crack. Kanye talks about it on um, crack music on late registration about. Yeah. And also Kendrick on Ronald Reagan era. Yeah. about this horrid time for the black community where Reagan basically f- injected crack 
into the like the suburbs or like yeah, Harlem and places like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they just blamed it on um, to try and up the arrests to make it look as though they were winning the war. Oh, How mental is that? that is <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. Anyway, that's a bit of a tangent. I mean, well, it's not because it's. Uh, uh, it, it's right. No, it's, it's true. Said in this track. Oh, is There's it? Something about that. Oh, where it is. I've but missed I that. think it's the first line actually. Okay. Um, well, that's poor from me. But if anyone wants to look that line up, we haven't got it. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 we haven't got it. Um, but yeah, I, I've got to say, I hated this track. Really? Oh, so bad. I thought it was quite a refreshing bit of energy. Yeah. But I mean, like with the pseudo rapping was a bit cringe. You know, when he's like, defense, 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 defense. Or, you know, you know that bit yeah, in the pre chorus. Yeah. Um, I think stick to what you're good at, stuff. <laughs> Kept moaning again. <laughs> like, sound like you're moaning. But with this one, for one, the mix is awful. It's like... Yeah, the mix is shocking, isn't it? There's a track on... Uh, do you remember Bagsy Night in Net? Yeah, yeah, the, this, this 1975. This 1975 track where the mix is so poor. You can't hear the vocals at all. It's the same with this. The vocals are so buried in the mix. It sounds like... They're probably embarrassed. To do, like, a karaoke, right? <laughs> and you're not singing... And you know, in a karaoke track, you just get like the back, like yeah, the yeah, yeah. And I feel vocals. like every, like his maybe, maybe, maybe his hat starts to like slip off, and he's trying to like divert attention. <laughs> so he starts rapping, or like, <laughs> like screaming, like to keep everyone looking at me, not the hair. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's not my favorite track. I felt it took away definitely from the not. message. I think the message on this one, lot of lot of content in it, like lot of references and. All political. All political. There's one lyric on here I thought was good. Um, if they weren't there, we would have created them. Maybe it is true, but I'm resentful all the same. Someone's got to take the blame. Hold on, I wait. Like is Stipe in the room? What? Your delivery on that was fucking amazing, oh. mate. Oh. <laughs> as, a, as deadpan as Stipe. If I would have sung that, it would have been Stipe. It would have, if you had his voice. Yeah. Um, but he... he I, I just thought this this lyric was kind of summed up this whole idea of, you know, creating people to go into power. Yeah. Um, well, it's a bit like, also, you know, when it goes into Ollie, Ollie, Ollie. Do yeah, you know is that? Yeah, it goes into like yeah, a, yeah. a year 10 chant, yeah. like halfway through. <laughs> well, I think he's trying to rile up the kids. It's yeah, because it, it does kids, feel like a chant. The kids can't hear him in the mix, though. That's the <laughs> problem. It's so buried in the mix. It's meant to rile The kids turned up. the album off three tracks ago, mate, because <laughs> they, they cried to their parents. You're going to die, mum. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, this is the one where the percussion came in as well. Yeah. There was actually none. And then <laughs> just, that's probably why you can't hear it because they were like, oh, the mix is fine. Why, why just throw the drums percussion? in. Yeah, I the, just the drums. Like, the drum. coming, like one of them coming in with a fucking tambourine. Just being like, we need a banger, boys. You know, I think I saw this guy on YouTube say it once and now I can't <laughs> stop. Percussion. Yeah. Finger percussion. Yeah. Oh, finger exposed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, either way. Did you hear about the Oliver North? Go on. Did you see, you know, the Oli 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 bit? Do you know yeah, about the yeah. Oliver North Contra scandal? Uh, no. Have you heard about that? No. Um, oh, damn. Well, let's move on then. <laughs> <laughs> right. Track look it nine. up. Look it up. It's really interesting. I will. And all listeners at home, look it up as well. Yeah. Because Dan, Dan's obviously very passionate about it. Uh, track nine. Star or F, me kitten. This is weak. I thought this was weak. <laughs> really quite weak. This, I tell you why. I tell you why there's not been a single love song in this album. Because when they come out, they're bad. <laughs> Dude, they're this really is, bad. I just heard it's a love song. It's yeah. so bad. I tell you what, the um, the uh, the name on this as well. You know the story behind the name. Yeah, slightly. So basically, uh, it was originally called Fuck Me Kitten. Mm. Uh, and they didn't want 
So basically, who who's the woman again? She's Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan, <laughs> mother of Jack Quaid, star of The Boys. Strange reference. Incredible reference. Um, she came in and she was like, I love this track, but there's kids who, when I was growing up, couldn't listen to songs that had the F word in the title because yeah. their parents wouldn't let them. So they were like, right. Get the radio edit, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. This is the radio edit. Yeah. It's like just released as a radio edit. Um, they, they changed the title to F star, star, star kitten. Mm. Didn't roll off the tongues. They just yeah. called it star me kitten. Why? Um, Why? You tell me. But I can't. Either way, it doesn't matter because no one's listening to it anyway. It's horrendous. It's like this. It's highly sexual. Yeah. Love song about just <laughs> shagging in Stipe's voice. <laughs> no, he, sw- he switched up. He, to be fair, he switched up his vocals for this. <laughs> Didn't work. It was horrible. That's the thing, like, Stipe delivering uh, a story about how he's going to, like, you know... Uh, Get to that payphone. <laughs> no, no, yeah. It's like, it's weird. It's weird to hear in his voice because it's so sad. Yeah. Um, but This um, kind of reminded me of, like, you know when MJ switched up his uh, vocals on oh, his yeah, 2003 album? Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. Well, the same with this. That will be our next list, 10 Grace Vocal Switch-Ups. Um, and this is on there. Um, one thing I would say uh, is a couple of lyrics I liked like about changing really? the locks and stuff. Okay, yeah, that? I saw that. About, like, Pandora's how... Box bullshit. Yeah, yeah Sorry, sorry, mate. mate. I didn't know about the Pandora's box. <laughs> no, I just stuff. made that up. I just made that up, but it probably works. Probably. Been reading no, myth. I've been reading read... Mythos by Stephen Fry. Oh, well, that that explains it. Yeah, that explains it. it. Does. does does it explain that this is a reference to two D cartoons, specifically <laughs> uh, Cat in the Hat? Um, <laughs> no, I just thought that with this one, you know, like when you maybe the, hold on, know. maybe this is the phone call. And they finally yeah met. yeah finally from met. Sidewinder. Could be, it could be. Yeah. Um, Bloody hell. She she gets the keys to the locks, right? Mm. That's the main. So like they're in love. It's been said before, mate. And then they fall out of love because he changes the locks. It's been said before. And then at the end he's like, <laughs> "Let's just let's just shag." And that's oh, just, okay, and okay. That's that's, a, that's quite that's nice. That's quite nice. <laughs> it's a very non twenty twenty song, isn't it? Because that doesn't bonus. exist anymore. Uh, yeah. what? Real love. Sex. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so get into the next banger. Uh, yeah, this one is Man on the Moon. Now, Andy, did you hear about this one? Tell me, are you locked in the pond? Andy, are you goofing on Elvis too? Did you be- <laughs> I don't know why I did that. <laughs> not drunk. We're not drunk. Um, not. <laughs> yeah, this one's about, I think it is mainly about Andy Kaufman, isn't it? I don't like the way I said that, but I'm going to say it like that. Kaufman. Kaufman? I think it is that. Do you know much about him? Uh, did you go down the rabbit hole? I did, yeah. Yeah. I did. Do you want to, do you want to explain? No, you go. Please? On, you go. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't know too much then. I'll go. Right, okay, I, all well, I know um, is that he was like this enigmatic comedian basically for, yeah. who died quite young and he yeah. was on SNL and uh, there's there's a film about him Man on the Moon mm. which I actually haven't seen They're but what, what what I did see weirdly two years ago which I was like oh my god because I, I went down the the Kaufman um, rabbit hole about two years ago mm. you know, three maybe when there was this Netflix documentary called Jim and Andy The Great Beyond mm. and it's all about Jim Carrey uh, when he played Kaufman on Man on the Moon he stayed in character um, throughout the whole process and he like pissed everyone off like they hated him he got punched he spat at people he was working with like Danny DeVito they all hated him yeah. and that's why they made the documentary about it with all like the because they uh, like Universal didn't let them release the footage yeah. from, the, from the thing but yeah because you know how Jim Carrey's gone quite spiritual now and he's like there is no ego and I'm I'm just you are someone like that yeah, yeah. a lot of waffle anyway yeah at the beginning of it he the, this is where it sort of stemmed from because he felt that Kaufman actually Conceived entered it. his body. No, no, like the actual spirit yeah. entered him and he wasn't controlling himself. He was, be- 
It's a lot of like, Jesus. yeah, it's really well, cool. It's a really good dog. Kind of level of character, like I was thinking of um, Joaquin Phoenix with the Joker. Yeah, and then like um, he was probably tolerable. Who's uh, Christian Bale with the machine? Machinist, yeah, machinist yeah. as well. Like when they get that into that level of character, it must leave some sort of like mark on you. Oh yeah, like, well it left them on, on those two physically. Yeah, on like in this case, obviously like a mental. Jim Carrey literally changed his persona from this playing this role. Yeah. Like his whole outlook on life. Well, this guy must have had such a striking persona because when he d- he died of lung cancer in 1984, um, but because pranks is all this pranks were so elaborate, um, it it just spread that this whole thing was a hoax and that he didn't actually die, and that's what Man on the Moon's about. It's about like oh, the conspiracies. That, yeah, it's like you, if someone tells you, it's like the 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 chorus. Uh, if you believe they put a man on the moon, man on the moon. Um, yeah, it's it's like subtly conspiratorial, isn't it? Yeah, so saying if you believe they put a man on the moon, then they then they put a man on the moon. Oh, I, I mean, see. It's yeah, like you can only. It's really cool. It's such such good happens. songwriting. Yeah, isn't it? Um, and I reckon, unfortunately, that that chorus has been picked up by like tin hat wearing tin foil hat wearing. Yeah, like flat <laughs> earthers. <laughs> annoyingly. Yeah, yeah. But, well, I think that's. I think it's all the more relevant. But I saw Stipe talk about it, and he was like, "That's the last thing we wanted." Yeah, they they were making fun of that. On yeah. this track, but like Kaufman, so do you? Did you watch any of his stuff? No, he's so weird. I didn't find him funny particularly. He, like he do all, uncomfortable the whole time. He's in persona a character. Like you never see him relaxed. Yeah. There's not any footage of him ever, not in character. Mm. Like when he was on the set of Taxi, he did the same. Uh, when he was on SNL, he got punched by this wrestler, it's, and he's like doing all these funny voices, and then yeah. and then he does like Elvis impressions. I think he was like this cult hero that. Yeah. At the time, in the 80s and the 70s, when he blew up, there was no one else really like him, which is why I think Stipe was obsessed with him. Yeah, I think um, I think it, what's interesting about this track is that it's got such like a complex uh, theme, thematic narrative to it. So it's complex. such like a popular song, such a banger that people play all the time. Like, no one listens to, to the lyrics when they're listening to it on Kiss FM. Eh? No, it's and true. They're, and, they're, and, they're, and being like... Jesus, I remember Calvin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but if you go on Genius, the annotations, the, the whole thing's annotated. The whole thing's in, the, in that weird... Yeah, way, the like, weird... Like, highlighted. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it, the, it's such a banger no matter what. That yeah. It can it can sort of pass its way into the mainstream at the same time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we'll move on to the next track. Night Swimming. Night Swimming Deserves a quiet night on the dashboard taken years ago turned around backwards so the windshield shows every street light reveals a picture in reverse still it's so much clearer I forgot my shirt this for me was sick it's so i'm glad cool. you loved it because oh, it's my favorite this track one, I, this is so Me. far of all the tracks we listened to during this episode yeah. during this um series it's up there isn't it it's probably my favorite yes track. mate i genuinely felt that oh look at us <laughs> <laughs> it's insane oh we, god we recommend anyone like a wax lyrical about this, this it's so i good. think it was a single i'm not sure if it was but because uh, i had like a separate art cover on spotify mm. And if it was, I can imagine like hearing this single and just being like, this is going to be unreal, this album. Yeah. Because, I mean, it makes you want to swim at night, doesn't it? Straight yeah. And it, it's one of those beautiful, so it's about night swimming. Go, yeah. That feeling you have when you go and swim mm. uh, at night, which everyone's felt. And it is a specific feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I, can, I know what I feel like when I go swimming at night. It's yeah. always quite cheeky. You're always at probably like the, this ultimate state of like freedom and relaxation, yeah. aren't you? Because yeah. you're sort of, you shouldn't be doing it. Um, it's at night. You're free from all the constraints of life. You ain't got your trunks. Yeah. Oh, all these. <laughs> I mean. It, yeah, it's amazing. It's, um, they they wrote this. Well, Stipe wrote this about looking back um, on when they used to play earlier shows. Um, after every show, they would go down to the river and and go swimming. In Athens, um, I believe. Yeah, and yeah. some of his favorite memories 
childhood memories were spent on like the like the shores of like secluded lakes and yeah. ponds. It's and like mainlining nostalgia. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. To your literally, arteries, literally. And there's one image in it of like uh, he has like a picture on his dashboard, and the reflection of the picture in the um, mm. in the windscreen in the windscreen. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but oh, I remember was what he's saying. Then there's like, there's like a there's a reflection in the windscreen, and he's like looking at it, and it's like um, I've got hair. I've got <laughs> hair. Then. Yeah. I, I can't remember the explanation. Doesn't matter, mate. It, yeah, it moved me. It moved Amazing. Me. Yeah, it was great. Read the listen to the song. Really, in all yeah. listening, it's so good. It's one of those like w- songs are so good when they find those little moments in life mm. um, that make people say. You know, it's the little things, you know, yeah. and this is what that does. And it expands on those little things that, them out, yeah. and makes them, fleshes them out exactly um, in a way that everyone can understand and sort of sing about or listen to. And it's sort of spiritual in the way it, and it sort of, it's quintessential Rem again. Yeah, I mean, I what a tune. A perfect Stipe song. Like he... For his voice as well. It's perfect for his voice, just the piano and him, just like him like crooning over the piano. It sounds great. Mm. Um, I found that lyric. Oh, nice. A photograph on the dashboard taken years ago, turned around backwards so the windshield shows every streetlight reveals the picture in reverse. Oh, my. Still, it's so much clearer. I forgot my shirt at the water's edge. The moon's so low tonight. Yeah, it's so good. I just thought it was like, what a beautiful image. So beautiful. Um, But then there's also a part where it deserves it. (laughs) It does. It deserves it. But there's one part of this um, where it's like, the fear of getting caught um, they cannot see me naked. And there's loads of stuff about like him, you know, concealing his sexuality back then. In oh, the yeah. Days. Yeah. Um, that, that that seems to like be like a twang in the tail thing. But either way, great tune. Unreal. Great tune. Right. Final, Final track. track. Find the river. Okay, this one is really deep. Like, yeah. you know, we talk about the annotations on yeah. the Man on the Moon track. This one probably is up there as well. Mm. Like, it's all about death and the reality of growing up. Okay, it's so weird how accurate he is and when he's writing about something that's not even near so to him. Good. Like, so he's in his 30s and he's he's able to write a song that's so... So well, I don't. I think it's accurate just reading yeah. at it. But like he captured, right. ca- yeah, it feels like that is what you you should uh, should feel or how you would be feeling. But yeah, I think it's one of the best songs as well on the album. Definitely, um, it's a strong ending to this album. We've, we've been yeah. used to these strong endings yeah. recently. Again, adding to my conspiracy yeah. <laughs> about Rolling Stone, they do the intro, they do the outro, and they fuck off. No, that is that is it. That is it. Um, to be honest, I've got cyberpunk to play. Always waffle. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, I've got to go finish my campaign. Um, yeah, this it's about the nearness to death. Um, it's re- represented like this river flowing into the ocean, mm. and it's like the narrator passes on the baton to the younger generation yeah. in the final stanza. Like they did, they did on Drive. Yeah, yeah. Which is, again, like it's, a bit it, like the Lucinda Williams album. It comes full circle, yeah. Yeah, and there's one lyric here. The formula. Uh, strength, <laughs> strength and courage overrides the privileged and weary eyes. Of, riv- of the river poet's search naivete. Pick up here and chase the ride. The river empties to the tide. All of this is coming your way. Yeah, I, co- I copy and pasted that line. as well. <laughs> it's just like such a beautiful lyric. You go into um, that. And there was even some things like the undertow. Yeah. About how that's when like water is moving underneath yeah. the, f- the, f- the surface of the water. Two different, like your future's moving one way and your past, past is moving the other. Way, yeah. But yeah. you're riding with your future. I mean, yeah. it's so beautiful and accepting that going into the ocean, into the afterlife or the next stage of your life is actually rewarding because there's so much more. Yeah, I, I also think it's quite interesting in this one in talking about the last two tracks, Night Swimming, 
being you know soaked in so yeah. water and yeah. like some of his greatest memories being in water and then this one about like finding that river to finally go and swim in when he comes to die yeah it's like that being like a really important image in this album like you know the passing of time being compared to a river flowing i just thought it was really beautiful and a, a really nice way to round off the album and yeah. our analysis yeah <laughs> yeah let's go yeah cool right um, should we go into final thoughts or favorite? Yeah. Fa you got any favorite lyrics? Uh, definitely anything off Night Swimming. Probably the one I read out. Yeah, I I think for me it was that final verse, the one that I copy and pasted. Yeah, what in from from find the river. From find the river. Yeah, I I but I might change my mind because that one that you read out was sick it's on so Night good. Swimming. Yeah, honestly, I, I, yeah. I wish I'd given it more justice. It more, <laughs> yeah. it more, tried to give it a bit more justice. But I haven't got my internet right now, and I can't read through it. But that's anyone, fine. Who wants to have a listen, go home and just have a look at the lyrics because they're incredible. Yeah. We'll put that in the edit, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, put it on the Instagram. Cool. <laughs> uh, least favourite track? Uh, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Ignore land. Ignore me land. Really, uh, really? Yeah, ignore land. Okay, yeah. I felt like ignoring it. Uh, <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, but yeah. Mine was um, Fuck Me Kitten. Uh, Sorry, I was Star wrong, Me Kitten. Star Me Kitten. Yeah. Radio, radio edit, radio bad. edit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me. Uh, yeah, I, I can see why. Did not um, like that. I've, overall, I thought the songwriting was great. I thought the, um, I thought the instrumental was great. I thought his vocals were great. Unique. It's just such a heavy one. It's a heavy one. That really? doesn't mean it's bad. No, it doesn't. There's, I mean, I I love heavy albums. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I said that so. That like, is passionately. <laughs> I love heavy albums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think yeah it doesn't make it bad at all um, where where do we want to put this in the list and be sympathetic to Stipe because obviously he's going through a lot at this time well I mean should we give it a score out of, no we don't need to give it a score out of 10 That's really cool. do you want to no I mean I no feel like this one is begging for a score out of 10 okay then go on I, no, I'll be, I, I'm, I'm going to give it I'm going to yeah, give go it on. I'll go first I'm going to give it a seven and a half. yeah that's I, what I was going to give it well. okay okay I'll give it seven and a half because I think there's moments of just like unbelievable songwriting yeah. like you see at the final but then it's ruined a little bit again it's a bit like Lucinda yeah they're not quite the perfect albums and this is slightly worse I feel than Lucinda's um just mm. because of the, the quality wasn't as good I don't know I can't really describe it anyway on my list it's gonna go second it's gonna go second on mine as well this yeah. is this podcast <laughs> we needs some we clean, need mate. to anger can, we start can you not agree mate <laughs> actually night swimming was shit <laughs> just turn just, just turn straight away it's a three for me uh, this, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I'm actually not giving this a position on the list I didn't think it was good enough um, so right we've got at the moment uh, on our our own personal lists we've got Lucinda Williams at one yeah. two we've got All Mac for the People yeah three uh, did we have the band no no three I think was... I did have the band was it the band yeah, four oh, yeah, Metallica. Yeah, three, yeah and then that's three, it. Three, the band, four Metallica. And, and then five, five Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> you ain't there long. Yes, you're not. Soon to be. Yes, so um, give us a follow. Thanks for thanks for um, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Give us a follow on Instagram to keep up with our next. Uh, that is at mbdlf underscore podcast on Instagram. Um, we're going to be doing next week. It's a big one. It's Drake, it's boys. Drake. It's El Chico. So tune in uh, for that one. See you then.